Live on the Freak Radio Network, broadcasting from the Lucas Oil Studios. Driven by General Tire. It's Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio redefined. With Kenny Sargent. Paging Dr. Douchebag. Crash Gladys. Get in crash position. And Statman. Don't overdrive the car. Here's the Freaks. Coming off three. Got to tell you, Freak Nation, I'm looking forward to tonight. Formula One surprises. Uh, frankly, a hell of an IndyCar finish. You got NASCAR and Atlanta. Sports cars. Statman has a special tribute to a rally Formula One sports car champion. Vic Elford coming up in the show. We'll also hear from Jimmy Johnson. We'll hear from Joseph Newgarden in the IndyCar series. We're going to hear from Kyle Petty. Here in the Freak Nation. And, damn it, if there, that wasn't show. enough, uh, Riley Herbst <laughs> here in the Freak Nation. Thank you guys for watching us on YouTube. More importantly, thank you guys for listening to us on the Freak Radio Network. Statman, Crash Gladys, 22 years coming up in June of doing this from the Lucas Oil Studios. Stat- There's no room for us in that line. <laughs> yeah. Why don't we just step aside and let them have the show? All right. Well, fortunately, we're part of every one of those damn interviews, so hell yes, man. Thanks to our friends again at Lucas Oil, General Tire, for making this thing possible. WWTR, that's Worldwide Technology Raceway, which, by the way, Joseph Newgarden, your IndyCar Series winner at Texas, the last time he won, was in St. Louis, Southern Illinois. What do we say, Crash? St. Louis, because that's the biggest large city next to them, but it technically is Madison, Illinois. Got it. All right, that's how we roll, Freak mm-hmm. Nation. Statman, holy smokes. We're at Crasher and I are at Texas Motor Speed. This is, listen, this is how my weekend worked out. We had planned to come to... Wait, 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 hold on. Let me preface this. The stars don't align like this yeah. very often, and this is just weird how it just kind of fell into your lap, Kenny. Yeah. So Stat, Crasher and I were scheduled to come to Dallas, it's where I'm from, to be a part of our nephew's baby shower, mm-hmm. all right? Which was Saturday. Uh, and then I learned that Judas Priest was in town Friday night. <laughs> so, so he changed his flight to flying on Thursday. And then, of course, the IndyCar race is on Sunday. That, how, I don't you know, know. I know. How does that happen, Stat? Is that how your T-shirt got blurred? Nope. That's what it looks like. In the- <laughs> <laughs> it does. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Well, I will say, I flew in with our daughter on Friday night and Kenny came into the hotel room, and it was, I don't even know what time it was. I was so passed out. But all I know was I could just sense the excitement of him coming back from that concert. He's been waiting two years for it. Thank you, COVID. And it just, the giddiness was just in the room. I could just, I was my eyes were yeah. barely able to open. I'm like, dude, had a good night tonight. Well, all right, that's cool. Rob Hoffer's been in here, Judas Priest, many yeah. times. And Statman, he's just, he's such the gentleman. There were two people after the concert waiting to see Rob. Backstage. Backstage. It was me and my buddy. <laughs> The only two? Well, it's the only two. They're very COVID careful. Oh, okay. And I guess they 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 trusted a couple of old dudes who'd been seeing Judas Priest for the last forty <laughs> years to come back. Well done. So a hell of a weekend where we see Judas Priest be with the family and watch an IndyCar race. Uh, it typically doesn't work like that, Freak Nation. But to happen to be in the infield center. 
uh, Media Center at Texas Motor Speedway. Statman hanging out at Columbus. Statman had a chance to see a lot of that Formula One race. I just had to follow it on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, I asked where the hell was Verstappen. Uh, Statman, where in the hell is Verstappen still somewhere stopped on the track there in Bahrain? <laughs> Complaining. He's somewhere crying and whining to his team over the radio. My engine won't work. What am I supposed to do? Unbelievable. <laughs> well, what's the, what's the bigger surprise? That Ferrari got themselves a big win, that Haas finished in the top five, or that, again, not one of the two favorites going into this thing didn't win the race? What's the bigger yeah, at surprise? At least Lewis got a podium. Yeah. That's cool. I think That's one of the, the biggest surprise might be Ferrari because they hadn't won since 19. They haven't finished 1 2 since uh, 2019. So uh, they, uh, you know, Ferrari. For some people, Ferrari is F1. It's like stopping motor races, NASCAR. So, uh, yeah, I think that's probably the biggest surprise. Haas, Magnussen qualified well, and uh, what Haas was going to do was up in the air, and nobody expected Red Bull to fall apart at the end of the race, especially for, well, I don't know, I expected whatever happened, Verstappen would be crying somewhere. Well, wait a minute. Massey wasn't there to bail him out. I mean, yeah, well, funny you know, how that, that works. Tears to my eyes, too, if, if I didn't have my guy there to back me up. <laughs> All right, Freak Nation. Going to resume with our affiliates, Crash Gladys Pit News and Notes. And coming up, Kyle Petty and Joseph Newgarden, your IndyCar Series winner. It's all coming up. Motorsports Radio, redefined the freaks. Bringing in another round of affiliates here in the Freak Nation, joining Speed Freaks on a Sunday night from Lucas Oil Studios. Thank you guys for being a part of this big old thing. Crash Gladys Pit News and Notes coming up. But first, it's brought to you by Good Friends General Tire. How about a $70 Visa prepaid card? That's right, man. Buy four qualifying passenger tires from General Tire. You'll get up to 70 bucks back with a Visa prepaid card. Go to speedfreaks.tv, hit the GT logo, or go to generaltire.com to find out how you can save up to 70 bucks. Thanks to our friends at General Tire. Crasher? Okay, this was a huge weekend in racing. It was almost like racing Christmas, like the Sunday of Memorial Day weekend. Woo, we'll see if we can get to that later. If I miss anything, go to racer.com and speedsport.com. So first up, the 12 hours of Sebring for the IMSA sports cars. Friday saw Alpine domination with Nicholas Lapierre, Matthew Volksaberry, and Andre Negreo behind the wheel in the Sebring 1000. Then Saturday, the big race was on. Several lead swaps throughout the day and into the night, but it was Earl Bamber who powered through in the final hour and a half quite methodically. I might add, to the checkered flag for Chip Ganassi Racing with co-drivers Alex Lynn and Neil Johnny. For the full rundown and sets of, sets of winners on Saturday, hit IMSA.com. Supercross then finished off Saturday night in Indianapolis, and truth be told, no one has anything for Eli Tomac these days in the 450s. He came through the field this weekend, and to do so, he won, grabbing his fourth consecutive win on the Lucas or on the dirt at Lucas Oil Stadium. Also dominant these days, Jet Lawrence in the 250 East Division. He also took home another victory. Sunday started off with Formula One's return, the Bahrain Grand Prix. Remember how Michael Massey essentially 
handed the championship in 2021 to Max Verstappen. Yes, there's articles written on that. Check out ESPN from one released yesterday. Anyway, Massey wasn't there to rescue a whining Max Verstappen, nor an ailing Sergio Perez in this race. Charles Leclerc driving on to his first win of the year, the first win of the year, followed up by teammate Carlos Sainz, and then, oh, hey there, Lewis Hamilton. Boom. IndyCar at Texas Motor Speedway was up next. Lucas Oil's Felix Rosenquist on the pole. But even with a lot of drama throughout the 375, this was Team Penske's Scott McLaughlin's race to lose. Unfortunately, he did just that. Joseph Newgarden took a chance, took advantage of traffic, and boom, swung out wide to take the win. Joseph Newgarden coming up in the Freak Nation, also on SpeedFreaks.tv. Okay, can NASCAR live up to this hype? Well, yes, the Cup drivers had a tough act to follow after Saturday's doubleheader with Corey Heim and then Ty Gibbs winning in double overtime, but... Boom, William Byron, even with the crash on the last lap, taking the win in the Cup Series. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. Freak Nation, our buds at General Tire want to give you 70 bucks back on a piece of prepaid card. How do you get it? Well, you buy four qualifying passenger tires from General Tire, up to 70 bucks back. Uh, we're not talking these high-performance bad boys you see in the ARCA Series passenger tires you follow me for more information go to generaltire.com generaltire.com general tire delivers for whatever you do and of course the official tire of the freak nation have you heard about lucas brake parts cleaner lucas brake parts cleaner is made of the highest quality components giving you superior performance and leaving no residue how do you apply this? You apply Lucas Brake Parts Cleaner liberally to the parts that need to be cleaned. You'll eliminate brake fluid, grease, dust, and dirt components. We know a little bit about that here in the desert, I'd say. And basically what that does is that makes you a happy driver because now your brake noise is gone and your performance has gone up. Boom. Hey, I'm Kyle Busch. The biggest racing weekend ever at Worldwide Technology Raceway is coming June 3rd through the 5th. The party starts Thursday with a NASCAR Fan Fest and Hauler Parade at Ballpark Village. Cup practice and truck qualifying on Friday, cup qualifying and the Toyota 200 on Saturday, and it all wraps up on Sunday with the Enjoy Illinois 300. This is the first time in a lifetime to see the NASCAR Cup Series at Worldwide Technology Raceway. Go to WorldwideTechnologyRaceway.com to get your tickets now. Brought to you in part by the Illinois Office of Tourism and Illinois South Tourism. Hey, Freak Nation, did you hear? With the addition of MAV-TV Plus to the MAV-TV Motorsports Network, they've got their full live event broadcast schedule, a total of 226 live race broadcasts featuring the Arca Menard Series, the Lucas Oil 8 Model Dirt Series, Pro Pulling League, American Sprint Car Series, Pro Motocross, and the Lucas Oil Chili Bowl Nationals. MAV-TV, the only television network dedicated to motorsports. Go to MAVTV.com to get your motorsports fixed 24-7, 365. <laughs> Hey, Freak Nation, whether you're looking for a tire that balances high-performance responsiveness and traction in wet and light snow conditions, excellent handling and traction in off-road situations, or a summer performance tire designed with the driving enthusiast in mind, General Tire has you covered. From the G-Max RS to the Grabber ATX, no matter what you drive, General Tire will get you where you're going. Learn more at GeneralTire.com. Time is more valuable today. There's less time to keep our vehicles looking their best. That's where Lucas Oil Slick Mist Speed Wax steps up. It's great for paint, chrome, glass, and vinyl. Lucas Oil Slick Mist simply mists on and then wipes off, leaving a new car shine every time. It's quick and easy and works on wet or dry surfaces. For a complete detail, there's also Slick Mist Interior or Slick Mist Tire and Trim Shine. Lucas Oil. It works. You're listening to Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio Redefined. 
back with the Freaks on a Sunday night from Texas Motor Speedway Media Center, hanging out here in this, uh, we call this the chalet. Man. Mm. This is beautiful. Yes. This is gorgeous. Yes. It's a pimp palace. If you're watching us on YouTube, you know exactly where we are. If you're not, uh, just imagine we are in a chalet. This is brought yeah. to you by our good friends mm. at General Tire. Go to GeneralTire.com to get 70 bucks back. Visa prepaid card with four qualifying passenger truck tires. Go to GeneralTire.com. All right, Joseph Newgard joining us here in the Freak Nation. IndyCar Series winner from Texas Motor Speedway joining us here in the Freak Nation. I don't give a damn about your driving. Pull out that 600 bucks right oh, yeah. now. Oh, the cold hard pull cash? Out, yeah, yeah, pull out the cash that Roger Penske gave you in victory lane and show it to the Freak Nation right there on camera. I mean, I'm just going to tell you, the boss, he counted this in front of me, all right? He made sure it was 600 bucks. <laughs> and that's what it is. He's true to his word. He literally said... Two weeks ago at breakfast, which was the employee breakfast, we were all there at the team. Yeah. Whoever wins number six hundred, I'm, I'm going to give you. I'm going to give the driver six hundred bucks in cash. He's also given a thousand dollars to every team member. It's all going to get put on their checks. So um, it's not just this six hundred dollars. He's just he is such a great great person. I love Roger being able to drive for him. Um, they keep the morale up on the team. Yeah. You know, it's it's a team effort. You know, Absolutely. a win for IndyCar is a win for our whole organization. So um, this was big. It was cool to be. You know, I guess 600, you know, you kind of, you could laugh at that and say, well, 100, 200, 300, it's just getting silly at this point. But when you really look at it, it's been remarkable how much they've achieved over the last 50 years. It's really crazy. Shows you how much he loves you. I mean, you get 600, every crew member gets 1,000. Clearly, oh, yeah. they're more important. Well, they definitely are. You know, we, we, we get to have the fun. But they put in the work, that so is true. Um, it is it is a real pleasure to be a part of the team, just a small part of it. Um, but but our part's pretty fun, you know. We get to have, you know, the the most fun I think of everybody on race day. I want to talk about that most fun thing right there because I overheard you in victory lane telling Scott McLaughlin that, dude, I was shaking. We have so much to talk about. What what was the shaking? What was this you on the radio and the stuff that you haven't done before? Well, you know, I just went. I went for broke is, is what happened. Um, you know, Scott was in a good position. It was very difficult at the end of the race uh, to try and get a run on him uh, just because he was getting a toe off all the all the lap cars in front of him. You know, the guys that were about to go a lap down, he's he's using basically their, their slipstream to, to keep his speed up on his car. So I couldn't really get a good run on him. I'm like, man, I wish we didn't have all this lap traffic because if it was just him and me um, and he didn't have anyone in front, I think we would have been swapping the lead back and forth the entire stint. I think that's what would have happened. Um, but then, you know, I was getting really frustrated that I couldn't get a run on him. But lo and behold, that lap traffic gave me the opportunity at the very end of the race. It held him up on the bottom lane in 3-4. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go for it. I'm going high side. If I hit the fence, I hit the fence. I don't, I, I don't care what happens. And I, so I went for broke. Uh, fortunately, it stuck. And uh, you saw what happened when we won the race. So it's the coolest victory I've ever had. And, uh, you know, for, for someone like Scott, he's going to be disappointed. I'd be disappointed, too, if I, I lost that way. But he's a, he's a champion. He would have been a deserving winner if it, if it worked out for him today. And, and he knows the long game. We're going to be racing like this for a long time together. Joseph Newgarden, winner at Texas. What would you have done if you were in uh, McLaughlin's position? Seems like he made a mistake running up on the traffic. I know he was using the toe. But what would you have done if the roles were reversed? Uh, it's impossible to say. You know, I, I didn't even see that we were going to – I mean, I didn't see the opportunity until I got into three, four, into turn three. So I, I think he just unfortunately was in the wrong place, wrong time. He was definitely getting very loose. I mean, he was just trying to hold on to his car, to be honest. We were a little bit stronger at the end. Um, so I don't think he did anything wrong. It would have been very risky for him to go high side. If you say, oh, well, Scott, why didn't you go lane two? I mean, that, that was a huge risk to go up there. It was not a lot of grip. 
no one really wanted to run up there. If he just throws away a race, you know, trying to stay in front of me, I think you would, people would have looked at that, especially on our team, and would have said, well, why did you do that? You know, you're, you're the championship leader. You won the first race. He was extremely measured today, and I think, if anything, that's more of what he showed, is that he just has, he has a lot of intelligence. He knows exactly about the long game and what it's going to take to win a championship. Was the spotter involved in that at all? Did the, could the spotter have helped him? say, coming out of three to set up that pass a little better? I don't think so. No, I mean, he just, you know, he tried to get the run he could, um, and the guy kind of closed the door on him, so he was trying to get inside of him but uh, into turn three. But like I said, he, the option to go lane two really wasn't there. That's why you didn't see people doing it all right. day, you know? I mean, no one was doing it because it's very risky. I mean, I literally just... I went for broke. You know, Scott didn't do anything wrong. I just said, look, I'm going to try it. If I hit the fence, you'll still win the race. It'll still be a team victory. So why not? You know, maybe, maybe I should just try it. Yeah. So you can't blame Scott. You know, he, he did a great job. He's just, uh, he wasn't in a position to go for broke like I was. I was in a little better spot for that. Hey, man, watching you celebrate this race, I'm not going to say it was Indy 500-esque. But I haven't seen you celebrate a race like this. It reminded me of Elio Castroneves winning a 500 because you're pretty reserved, bro. Why was this so special for you? I've never won a race last lap, last corner. <laughs> I mean, that was like just the coolest. I just loved that. I didn't even know it was happening until it happened. I'm like, I was on the radio before the line, which is a no-no. You don't do that. You stay focused on driving the car. And uh, I just couldn't believe it. It was, it was so cool to be a part of it. I loved it. Have you ever felt that type of adrenaline in your racing career before? Um, yeah, you've definitely had big adrenaline moments, especially when you have like big saves or, you know, you about wreck, but you just miraculously somehow saved it. That's kind of what it felt like, but it was more just the adrenaline of, oh my gosh, we're going to win this race. And I had, <laughs> I had no expectation to win the race. Yeah, like the last lap, I knew I was just like, it's over. He, he was in position. He was in a better spot. And, you know, he's going to win it, and it's over. And then it wasn't. <laughs> oh, hold on just a second, Crasher. I know you want to jump in here. We're tied in with WWTR Raceway in, okay, well, St. Louis or Southern Illinois, we're depending on where you are. And I did a tease this morning saying, in front of your call. Oh, my gosh, that's oh, yeah. right. You saying, did. Does Joseph, <laughs> does Joseph Gordon, does Joseph Newgarden have a chance to win here at Texas? Because you're, he's your last winner at WWTR. I'm like, okay, you know. Bro. Oh, are you trying to take credit? Is Speed Freaks Mojo. It there happens. You Can you just, man just manifest that every race? You man if that's what it is, manifest it every race. We'll be in good shape. I'll, se I'll send you cash if you manifest it. He's got it. cash. Yeah. Straight wow. Cash. Yeah. Yeah. Straight cash. Straight cash. There you go, Straight Stat, man. Cash is king. Well, with that cash, where are you celebrating? Is it, is it going to be, you said, in and out? Is it going to be in and out or pizza? Are you going to do champagne or beer or I, wine? Or you know, the thing that sucks, i got to get to the airport because I have to literally go do an appearance <sighs> in Pennsylvania tomorrow for PPG, which is which is great. You know, it's, it's all part of the gig, but... Uh, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try and stop it in and out with the team before going to the airport. So real yeah, that's quick. Priority. Yeah. Let's let him go so he can go do that. Yeah. That's a huge thing. I love but that. But beer or wine? What are you doing? Um, I don't know. I'm probably nothing tonight. Scott would be sloshed if it was him. <laughs> He's and he wouldn't be scared to tell you that. <laughs> no, he wouldn't. But no. probably me. I'm just gonna get a milkshake. I'll well, be Sloshed anyway. Losing. <laughs> that's true. Actually, that's fair. He probably will be. So. All right. Well, enjoy the Penske party. What is that? Tuesday morning. Uh, I don't know. Probably, I know, Tuesday. Yeah. Probably Tuesday. Yeah. Okay. Was well, yeah. St. Louis your last win? Yes. Holy yep. smoke. Okay. Yep. It was whatever, three or four races ago? Yeah. yeah. So. Now we got to wait till freaking April to see I your know. happy bastards. 
Jesus. Can't wait. Can't wait. Uh, Joseph, thanks for doing this, man. Thank you, guys. Take Thank care. You. Joseph Newgarden here in the Freak Nation. Coming up next, his name is Kyle Petty. Everybody in racing and then some knows Kyle Petty. Everybody knows his old man, Richard Petty. But there's two things we're going to talk to him about. He's got a new book out and the 26th annual, holy smokes, is that right? The 26th annual Kyle Petty Charity Ride is coming up. Looking forward to this one, man. It's always greatness when Kyle Petty rolls in the Freak Nation. That's next. Speed Freaks Pits and the Lucas Oil Studios. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. So Kyle Petty joining us in the Freak Nation. He's been coming in here many, many years. Good to get him back in here. He's got uh, not only his new book that's coming out this summer, but again, once again, the the ride that's been going on damn near longer than some people have been listening to the Freak, to the Freak Nation. We've been doing this for 22 years. And Kyle Petty, there's so many things we want to talk to you about. Uh, is there ever a time when you've been putting this Kyle Petty motorcycle ride together going, damn it, is this going to be the last freaking year I have to do this thing? <laughs> Yes, the second year we ever did it. Uh, <laughs> we were like, we were like, what in God's name are we doing? Are we doing this again? And then we did it the second, and that third year uh, was painful. And then once we got through three, it was like we could do five. And then we did ten, and then we did fifteen, and then we made it to twenty-five, and then the pandemic hit. Uh, but yeah, you know that that's been the only time. Honest to goodness, that's been the only time. I look forward to it. Uh, more than anything else, more than almost any event all year long. I look forward to riding this motorcycle. Is that for real? Because these things can be a pain in the butt. Again, this is your 26th year of doing this thing. When you look at the money and the, and the kids that you've helped, the families you've helped, is is that what keeps you going? Or you just genuinely dig doing this? You know, I, I, all of the above, all, all of the above. Um, I think when you see the kids, you know, when we ride through Texas or you ride through Arkansas or you ride uh, through Washington State and, and you meet kids that have been to camp and you meet their families, it's like, man, this is amazing. There's a camp in North Carolina that touched a child and a family, uh, you know, 2,500 miles away. Uh, and then you jump on that motorcycle and you think, man, it, it's not any better than this. The wind blowing in your face, riding, not having to talk to anybody. <laughs> just doing your thing, man. You know what I mean? Just living inside your head and, and that kind of thing, you know? And and then you get off and you see more kids and you meet fans and, and you know that they're there because they want to help kids and they want to send kids to camp. So um, it just feeds off itself. You know, every part of it feeds off itself. So I, I don't I don't believe there's, uh, for me, there's not one piece that stands out more than the other. It's all of them collectively. Is this something that when you are done riding, which may still be forever from now, but whenever you are done that you want your family to continue through the years? Um, yeah, you know, here's what they're going to do. When, when, I'm, when I'm done, they're going to put my ashes in a Coke bottle and mount it to the front fender of a motorcycle, and I will be on every ride uh, in a Coca-Cola bottle. That's, that's the way it's yes! going to just my ashes in a Coke bottle. That's all I care about. But, you know, I, I, I have no idea. Here's the way I look at it. We are the, the Kyle Petty Charity Ride, um, and, and it's all like this. So the Kyle Petty Charity Ride and Victory Junction, uh, we are the largest continuous donor to camp. From the very beginning, we were there. 
uh, four or five years before camp ever started, we started earmarking these funds uh, from the from the Cal Pity Charity Ride to go to camp. So uh, I would hope that that when I'm not here, uh, that the camp is still here and still in need and that somebody will slap their name on this thing. Uh, and it can be you guys, the speed freaks, charity ride across America. I don't care. Slap a name on it. Keep doing it. Uh, but just keep the Victor Junction camp uh, as as the beneficiary. Kenny, Statman, you guys are the motorcycle riders here. You wouldn't hate that. No, no, I wouldn't hate that at all. I, you, that the one thing that you said there, Kyle, came out so easy. I don't have to talk to anybody when I get that help. Yes. Yes. That was from your heart. I bet, I bet you never thought when you were a racer that you would end up being a, one of the chief charity people in America and uh, a broadcaster. No, no. Listen, I, I tell people this, and, and, and I truly, truly mean this. And, and this is why, this is why, as I watch Jeff Jeff Gordon retire, as I as I hear these guys talk about. Um, retirement for for some of the drivers that are out there right now. When I look at my dad, when I look at Pearson, when I look at all the guys that I've seen make it to that point, and and as myself and retire, um, I, there's a sadness in my heart for them because because of this. When you're a little boy or a little girl, and you're out there and you dream about being a race car driver, when you dream about something, whatever whatever that may be, um, you know, but especially a race car driver. You know what you dream about? You dream about sitting in that seat, hanging on to that steering wheel, and you dream about beating Joey Logano. You dream about beating Kyle Larson. I dreamed about beating Richard Petty and David Pearson. Kids came along and dreamed about beating Jeff Gordon and Jimmy Johnson. Um, you don't dream about doing your show. I'm sorry. I love your show, but you don't dream about this. You don't dream about doing commercials. You, know, you don't dream about doing commercials. You don't dream about signing autographs. You don't dream about photo sessions. You don't dream about that. You dream about doing the deed, driving the race car, racing and winning. That's that's your dream. And in the end, that's the only piece you can't do when you retire. That's the only piece you can't do. You can still continue to do everything. So, uh, you know, that solitude of, of being inside a helmet and being on a motorcycle uh, has always been a, respite, a, a special place for me to be. I can I can imagine that because when I used to ride, that would be the one place I had to be careful because some squirrel guts can take you out when you're riding in a motorcycle. But you've got to pay attention. But it is awful nice to be quiet and nobody's talking to you. And it's almost as nice as getting lost in that guitar behind you on the wall. I'll bet yeah. you I'll bet you you can get lost in that real easy. Yeah, you know, and, and that's that's why that's the two things are you know guitars mm. and 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 motorcycles because um, you know there is a piece in that you know and there there is a piece in that and and I've said it before um, you know I, I've been very very blessed in so many ways in my life um, but at the same time there's been tragedy uh, and there's been loss and you know these guitars behind me and and those motorcycles got me through a lot of that. Uh, a lot of those those times when you just needed to be by yourself, but you also wanted a friend. You just didn't want a friend uh, that said anything you didn't want them to say. And a motorcycle never says that, and a guitar <laughs> never says that. They they tell you what you want to hear. So for me, uh, those are are two of the best friends I've ever had, and uh, have gotten me through some dark times, and have gotten me through some happy times too. 
Kyle Petty joining us here in the Freak Nation. And Kyle, for those that aren't able to participate in your charity ride, where should they go? How, how can they contribute to the 26th annual Cal Petty Charity Ride? Yeah, go to calpettycharityride.com and, and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, uh, and any other new social platforms that may come up between now and then. <laughs> uh, it seems like there's a different one every day. I mean, it's fascinating to me. Uh, but, you know, it's going to tell, you know, we're, we're going from Phoenix to Lake Havasu up to uh, Flagstaff. Then we're going up to the Grand Canyon and around to Bryce Canyon, spend a couple of days at Bryce Canyon, uh, going to Monument Valley, one of my most favorite places in the whole world, back down to Sedona and then back down to Phoenix. So uh, it'll chart. You'll be able to see where we're going, where we're going to be stopping, where we're going to be having lunch. My dad will be with us. Harry Gann will be with us. Kenny Strader is going to be with us. Um, Rick Allen's going to be with us, you know, just a few different celebrities. So if you want to, you want to see Richard Petty, if you want to see Harry Gant, come out and get an autograph and, uh, have a barbecue sandwich or, and talk racing or talk whatever you want to, that will be, uh, on the website and on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, it'll show you where we're at. So we want fans to come out. I would imagine if you're going through Lake Havasu that Tony Stewart, Leah Pruitt may join. You know what? Um, I, I, Tony, now you, Tony rode motorcycles with us one year, um, and and I was like, oh my gosh, man, Tony Stewart, he's with us. And then that's the last time I think he ever saw a motorcycle. Um, <laughs> once we rode across country, he was like, that's not for me, man. Uh, but you know, I, I talked to Tony during the, during, at the Hall of Fame uh, at the banquet, and he said, please call me and let me know, uh, and I'll make sure that I'm around somewhere. So hopefully, he'll come out. And, and they'll come out and say hello or at least wave at us or throw something at us from the side of the road, whichever way, uh, as, as long as our people get to say hello, that'll be cool. Kyle Petty joining us here in the Freak Nation. Of course, the 26th annual Kyle Petty Charity Ride going off. Uh, then, of course, there's the new book from... Oh! Yeah, what? What kind, of, what kind of grunt was that, Kyle? That's the book. Yeah. There it is! Now, there it is. For the first time, you're seeing a real one. And look, it's got words. Nothing's crossed out. Uh, Well, since we didn't get it, we didn't get it. We didn't get an advanced copy, so we just we got to kind of. I need to send you. I need to send you guys three. Yes, I'll make sure. Okay. Well, there's there's enough notes out there for that I can just dive into all kinds of questions. First of all, swerve or die. What's the biggest swerve that you've had to not die in your life, Kyle Petty? Yeah. Okay. So let me explain the title. Okay. Because okay? I struggled with the title um, as we came up because of because of Adam and because of, of, of a lot of different reasons. But I, I think what it means and, and to me, and it, it, this gets into NASCAR and in, in the book a little bit too, is um, this sport and to be a part of this sport, uh, you got to be able to change directions in an instant to survive. Uh, you know, whether it be a different ride, whether it be a different sponsor. Uh, whether it be another team, whatever that may be. I think the sport has been in a few places in the past 15 or 20 years where they had to make major decisions. And the car that we're racing right now is one of those swerves. The car that we're racing right now mm-hmm. that we're is a swerve for NASCAR. Uh, if they had stayed that old course, would they have died? I don't know. Uh, but chances are, if you don't keep moving, that's what happens to you. So I, I think that's what the title means more than more than anything else. And, you know, I, I laugh about it because I think my biggest swerve uh, for me and, and my and my whole career was leaving Felix. Uh, I probably should have hmm. with Felix, but I felt like I needed to start a team for Adam. And 
that's in the book. So that that's a little bit of it. But that was a big moment for me to make that decision. You're right. There have been so many swerve moments in NASCAR, in all of motorsports, to be honest, over the last couple of decades. Do you think due to the pandemic and due to the way things kind of unraveled or, or maybe raveled differently that the biggest swerves have happened in these last couple of years in NASCAR and that they've handled them pretty damn well? Yeah, I think a lot of them have. Uh, I, I, and But I think I think the one advantage that you've had over the last couple of years um, is and, and it's not. And when I say advantage, I mean advantage for this sport is that when the world shut down, um, then this sport was in a pretty good place and had a pretty good system to continue to move forward. We were one of the first professional sports back uh, to be able to go to the racetrack to see these cars. Uh, listen, when you're inside of a 36 or 3,700 pound stock car, whatever these things weigh now, uh, running <laughs> 200 miles an hour, that's social distance at its best right there. Okay. You, you are socially yep. distanced. So, you know, our guys could go and run. So that, that was good. So I, I think they made decisions that helped the sport. They made decisions uh, that outside and on other, other, other sports leagues looked at and said, maybe we should, we should try it that way. Maybe we should do something like that. So I, I think there were a lot of opportunities and the leadership in NASCAR uh, over the last, over the last five or six years has, has really headed has made have made tough decisions. Not all of them are right. Not all of them are right. Sometimes you, but you know what? If you don't make a decision, you do die. Uh, and at least they were willing to make a decision and, and put their neck out there. And I applaud them for that. And there's more of that Kyle Petty interview, and we'll get to that part two of Kyle Petty coming up. Speed Freaks Pits and the Lucas Oil Studios. Speed Freaks Motorsports Radio redefined. Hey, Freak Nation, our friends at General Tire are back at it, and they want to give you up to $70 on a Visa prepaid card just for purchasing four passenger tires on General Tire from now through April 30th. That's $70, guys. Spring is here, so show off your new tires, your new Generals. It's that easy. Guys, for more information, just check out General Tire. General Tire delivers for whatever life brings your way. And yes, General Tire is the official tire of Speed Freak. Hey, I'm Kyle Busch. The biggest racing weekend ever at Worldwide Technology Raceway is coming June 3rd through the 5th. The party starts Thursday with the NASCAR Fan Fest and Hauler Parade at Ballpark Village. Cup practice and truck qualifying on Friday, cup qualifying and the Toyota 200 on Saturday, and it all wraps up on Sunday with the Enjoy Illinois 300. This is the first time in a lifetime to see the NASCAR Cup Series at Worldwide Technology Raceway. Go to WorldwideTechnologyRaceway.com to get your tickets now. Brought to you in part by the Illinois Office of Tourism and Illinois South Tourism. Hey, Freak Nation, did you hear? With the addition of MAV-TV Plus to the MAV-TV Motorsports Network, they've got their full live event broadcast schedule, a total of 226 live race broadcasts featuring the Arca Menard Series, the Lucas Oil 8 Model Dirt Series, Pro Polling League, American Sprint Car Series, Pro Motocross, and the Lucas Oil Chili Bowl Nationals. MAV-TV, the only television network dedicated to motorsports. Go to MAVTV.com to get your motorsports fixed 24-7, 365. It's more than just a slogan. General Tire delivers. General Tire's Grabber X3 all-season mud terrain tire offers aggressive styling engineered for durability with innovative performance features ready to carry you through extreme mud, dirt, and rock-covered terrain. For extreme traction that's ready for anything and rugged styling to match, look no further than the Grabber X3. General Tire delivers for whatever you do. Check out GeneralTire.com today. General Tire, aggressively styling 
sharing with Speed Freaks since 2001. There is less than one hundredth of an inch of motor oil protecting your car's engine. Friction and heat causes engine oil to experience thermal breakdown, weakening its ability to protect the engine and its parts. Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer is specially formulated to resist thermal breakdown, protect vital engine parts, and extend the life of your engine. It also stops smoking, knocking, and oil consumption in worn engines. Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer. Keep that engine alive. Now you can get generic Viagra shipped to your door for about $2 a pill. Get the same impact for less. Call Steel Man Pills now and get the same blue pill for about $2 a pill. Call now for the 50-pill special and save even more. Plus, get a free bonus. 800-993-1327. That's 800-993-1327. You are listening to Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio Redefined. Kyle Petty, you, you've been coming in the Freak Nation a long time. When you started coming in here, the ponytail was a little longer and the beard wasn't gray. But <laughs> you've seen the change. You talked about these changes and swerving. And I think in some of the reviews that I read uh, earlier today, there's some indication that you're talking around the issue of changing in NASCAR to make provisions for new people to come into the grandstands and buy tickets. Uh, The changes that you're talking about, are you seeing the positive effect of those changes? Uh, Because you've been around before and after the the swerve. Yeah, definitely so. Um, You know, I I think as as we look at it, uh, as you look at the sport and, and, and listen, I, I felt like NASCAR, when they announced they were going to, to the L.A. Coliseum, uh, listen, it, it sucked the breath out of the southeast United States. Uh, they were like, what in God's name are these crazy people doing now in NASCAR? And I think when you look at uh, the L.A. Coliseum, you look at the event and let, that's what that was. That's what the shootout. That's what the clash. That's what it's always event. That's what the all, all-star race is. It's an event. It's not necessarily the race. It's an event. But when you look at that and you look at um, the families uh, and, and, and the grandstands, you look at um, you look at the ethnic groups, uh, you look at blacks, you look at Hispanics, you look at Asian, you look at the populations that we brought to the sport. And that's the misnomer. We didn't bring them to the sport. We took the sport to them. We took the sport to L.A. where they were. They weren't going to come to Southern California. Sorry, they just don't. You can call that the Hollywood market all you want to. It's Southern California. Might as well be San Diego. It's as close Mm -hmm. to San Diego as it is to L.A. So and Hollywood. So they took the sport and they went there. And you know what? Some of those people, some of those people that went to the L.A. Coliseum did come south to, 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 to the Speedway there in Fontana, did show up for that race. And that's where they saw a NASCAR race, a pretty dang good NASCAR race, I will say, mm-hmm. uh, the race they had in California. So I, I think when you look at it, we took the sport to them. If the sport won't come to you uh, or if the fans won't come to you, take your take your your sport to the fans. And I think that's what it's done. I think Daniel Suarez has done a tremendous amount for this sport and, and Pitbull 
being an owner on that team has done a tremendous amount for that. Uh, Daniel's Amigos, man, it's like every week there's more and more. Coca-Cola brings more and more more kids uh, to the racetrack, uh, and, and that's been special. We look at Bubba Wallace. You look at what Michael Jordan and, and, and Denny, you look at that, what they've done at this level. Uh, and you look at the mix of drivers. I, I think you drop down and you look at the truck series. You look at the Xfinity series. Uh, I'm sorry. They're not all Southern white guys anymore. Uh, <laughs> that's what you're looking for. You're looking at the wrong sport. Uh, you it, said, it, let me interrupt in here on purpose because I don't want to get too far from one of the most brilliant things I've ever heard anybody say in connection with NASCAR. You said it about 10, 12 years ago when you said we don't have to worry about people not buying seats, but if they go home and they don't watch us on free TV, that's a problem. And I yeah. think NASCAR found that out and they found out that we do have to take it to the Coliseum. We do have to put ice cube in front of people. Yes. We do have to put pit bull there because that's what's going to get the change. And slowly but surely people are coming to the to the track without the confederate flag without all the white guys and lo and behold the sport has survived yeah and and that and and you in a nutshell there you said the sport is surviving so many people thought that's going to kill the sport that's going to kill the sport if we let anybody else in the sport it's going to kill the sport. It's going to run off those hardcore fans. It's going to run these people away, and they're going to run away screaming with the rebel flags and everything else, and they're not coming back. And you know what? They just put their flag in a drawer, and they still come back. They come back to see Kevin Harvick. They come back to see Kurt Busch. They come back to see Kyle Larson. They come back to see those guys. And at the same time, guess what? We've been exposed to another group of fans who on Sunday afternoons now – when they're flipping that TV channel and they're flipping through all the, everything they're watching, they may stop there maybe for 30 minutes, maybe for 40 minutes. Maybe it's at the beginning. Maybe it's at the end. But they stop there. It's not a drive-by channel anymore. And uh, those stories are in the book? Those stories are in the book? I hope some of them are. Uh, and, and listen, and, and, and if they ban me from and never let me come back, you'll know those stories are in the book. Okay? Okay. <laughs> Because you know me, I've got opinions on everything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's why we love you. Yes, it's awesome. That's why I was concerned about this book, because you've never been one to toe the line, for the most part. Yeah. Uh, you, you say what you want to say, Kyle. What is something in this book with it, that you talk about that either will surprise us or to be, you know what, that's Kyle Petty, just he doesn't care where his bread's buttered. Listen, I don't think anything's going to surprise anybody. Um, <laughs> listen. If it, it I, here's my problem. If it's here, it comes out here, and it, and it just goes. Okay, I don't I don't keep any secrets. I don't I don't keep anything back. But yeah, you know I I think the thing is, <clears throat> I think the thing for me, and and when I look at this book, and and I, I went through it, um, and it, it's not. Listen, this is not Kyle Petty criticizing a, a sport that I love more than anything in this whole world. And this sport has been so good to me. Um, and, and it's not about that. It's about how I grew up in the sport. It's about losing an uncle in the sport, losing a son in the sport. Uh, it's about taking those things and turning them into positives. Um, and then it's about where I think the future of the sport is uh, and what the, what the sport should be or, or where the sport's headed. Um, 
you know, we're, we're sitting here in, in 2022 um, and GM and all these guys have already said, Hey, we're going to be fully electric by 35. Somebody better be thinking there's going to be some electric race cars out there. And if you, if you don't think that, if you don't think that NASCAR <laughs> and these people aren't going to go in that direction, then you know what? Don't let the, don't let the door hit you in the behind when you walk your way out. Cause I, I'm going to tell you, because the thing is it's coming, dude, it's, it's coming. And, and, it's already been set out of Detroit. It's already, I mean, they're telling us, the manufacturers that are putting the money in the sport are already saying these changes are coming. How do we prepare for those changes? How do we, how do we prepare for the electric revolution? How do we prepare for the green revolution in a sport that is absolutely about burning rubber and burning fossil fuels and running around in circles and going absolutely nowhere? Um, <laughs> you know I mean, I, mean I, I tell people all the time and I, I, I they la- I'm, I'm like, I am very blessed. I made a living starting at a white line, running 500 miles and ending at the state at the same white line. And people laugh like y'all. And I'm like, y'all can laugh all you want to, but y'all bought tickets and watch me do it. So it doesn't make any difference. You know what I mean? I mean, that's the funny part about it. So I, I think the sport has to think about its impact uh, on society and on the world. But I think it has to to fit in somehow. Fit in. We can't keep going against the grain. You you got to fit in at some point in time. So those are issues that are on the horizon for this sport. And and listen, the horizon is there. You know, ten or fifteen years in motorsports goes by in the blink of an eye. Uh, so it's already here. And and I think other forms are looking at it. And I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see trucks and Xfinity and those guys dipping their toe into it a little bit before the Cup level does. I would love that. One thing yeah. I think we've learned also through social media and everybody being cooped up at home over the last couple of years is, yeah, there's a lot of negativity out there, but my God, people learn to channel it and focus on the positive stuff that can come out of it. This is going to be a journey that's going to be fun to see how NASCAR tackles. They tackled COVID better than any other sport out there in the world. But how are they going to tackle this electrifying of their actual sport? It's going to be fun to watch. And I, I wish more people would just kind of think along those lines. Yeah. You, listen, the, the, let's go back. Let's look at the sport right now. And and we look at this car. Um, But you know, the last, uh, the last 10 races counting, if we go back to last year and that's Kyle Larson, we have to go back to Kyle Larson. Um, But if we look at this year and and the last six races of last year, uh, every race so far has been won by somebody under 30 years of age, (laughs) under 30 years of age. If that's not a, a paradigm shift, if that's not a shift in, and who our superstars are and who our superstars are going to be in the next 10 years uh, as we, as we get closer to that, uh, then I don't know that. I mean, that it's, it's that redneck comedy tour. Here's your sign. There it is. You know what I mean? I mean, it, it, that part's changing <laughs> this car. If you don't look at this car with rack and pinion, independent rear spent suspension, sequential shifts, backup cameras so that you can see who's behind you. So they've got cameras. <laughs> If you don't look at that and think this is not the car of today and the car of the future and that electric is not the car of the future, then I don't know. what Here's your sign again. You know, I mean, all the indicators are pointing to a massive shift in motorsports in general, not just cup racing, but in motorsports in general. Um, So I I think we have to look at that and and you have to look, you know, we, we talk about you look at golf and, and I go back to when my grandfather played golf a thousand years ago. And, and when you, you tuned in on a Saturday afternoon or Sunday afternoon uh, and they played with wooden, wood, you know, persimmon-headed <laughs> drivers, you, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And now the technology in, in a golf club, the technology in a golf club 
is greater today than what it was in a stock car in 1972. You know what I mean? I mean, when you look at the, the metallurgy, when you look at the titanium and, and, the, and everything that they put into them and how they can adjust a golf club. So I, I think the sport is changing just like any other sport, but it is this, this year was a huge catch up. Cal Petty here in the Freak Nation, and you talk about golf, and when the Big Bertha came on the scene, there were 50 and older, 50-plus golfers age-wise that I'm never going to go. I'm never going to. I'm never going to. I can only imagine that you had conversations like that with your dad from time to time when he said, no, I'm never going to drive. They're never going to. Listen, Richard. Settle down. Have you had what's a conversation? What's one thing you said, Dad? It's going to happen, you son of a bitch. Okay, so here's here's the thing. When he said, and and here's what he said. Honestly, um, when he saw this car for the first time, and and we talked about it, he said, "This is just not NASCAR. You know, this is just not. This is this is something totally different. This is not anything that I could ever imagine. This is not anything that I could ever fathom. Uh, you know, single lug nuts." Oh my gosh, that was on a 52 MG with a hammer. They were knockoffs, you know what I mean? No truck that, arms. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and you've got that. When they went to fuel injection, a lot of these guys lost their mind. But but you look at it, and, and he was like, you know, this car doesn't even work uh, suspension-wise the way those old cars work. And, and, and I said, yeah, I, I hear you a thousand percent. I hear you a thousand percent. But given the opportunity to drive your final year in 1992, would you have gotten back in a 1958 Oldsmobile like you started your career in? Mm-hmm. And he was like, no, no, it, there's no way, man. It, it, and I'm like, there's my point. My point is you sat there from 58 to 92 and you experienced the evolution. You were part of it. You drove the bus. You helped move the ball forward. Now you're just a passenger on this bus. Somebody else is doing it but you visually, you see it, but you can't fathom it because you got off the bus in 92. You got off the bus in 92 Mm. and technology and seat technology and safety technology has continued to change. I'm not going back to a 64 Impala with a lap belt. Just not going to happen. Not going to put my kids in that situation. No airbags, all that stuff. I'm not going to do it. You know what I mean? Um, I'm going to drive the safest car I can drive on the highway. And I would hope these guys in this day and time drive the most advanced race cars that they can drive to put on the best show they can on the speedways. And, and Kyle, I'm curious your take on this. When COVID did hit, Bubba Wallace, the, the, the racial differences, all of that came yep. about. You've been one of those guys that have raised your hand on that for a long time, the acknowledgement of we got be- to be better as a motorsports community. Uh, where, where do you see it now? How far have we come along in your point of view? With from a racial welcoming standpoint, specifically in NASCAR. So here's what I here's what I say to that. Um, I think from where we started, um, uh, uh, just a few years ago, just a few years, ago, just a handful of years ago, wow. um, from where the sport has tried to 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 move with their diversity platforms, diversity driver training. Uh, you know, er- Eric Almarola. Uh, Kyle Larson, those guys were part of that diversity program. I, I think we are, we have made great strides um, in, in the few years. The problem is we're only about 65 years behind in starting. And there's your issue. Okay, there's your issue. Um, 
you, we, we can pat ourselves on the back and say, Woo, good job, guys, man. Look what we've done, you know. And then you look over your shoulder and you're like, yeah, but we should have started like 65 years ago. <laughs> you know, we should have started in 64 with Wendell Scott. Uh, we should have gave him a trophy when he won a race. You know why? Because red or yellow, black and white, I don't care. When you're the best that day, you get the trophy, you kiss the queen, and you get the check. That's the way it works. Uh, I don't care what you drive or what you're doing. And and I think you have to go back, and, and you can't go back and rewrite history. You can't go back and correct history. But you have to acknowledge it to move forward. And for so long, I don't believe we acknowledged a lot of it. Uh, with acknowledgement uh, comes responsibility. And with responsibility uh, becomes that opportunity to lead. And I think that's where we're at. We're in that stage right now of accepting some of the responsibility. Uh, and, and we've got to accept more. But we have to start to lead. What did I tell you, Freak Nation? Kyle Petty here with the Freaks, Lucas Oil Studios. Again, the book is Swerve or Die, Life at My Speed and the First Family NASCAR Racing. Kyle Petty, always greatness here in the Freak Nation. Big second hour coming up. Jimmy Johnson, his best finish ever in an IndyCar, a top six. Okay, grabbed him a six spot at Texas Motor Speedway. He'll join us here in the Freak Nation. Statman had a, catch, had a chance to catch up with a legend. His name is Vic Elford, sports car, Formula One, uh, rally champion. Uh, this guy is legend, and he passed away recently. Statman caught up with him, and it's a tribute to Vic Elford. We'll also have that. And... Riley Herbst, if you've ever been to Las Vegas, you're very familiar with Terrible Herbst or possibly the racing family, Herbst Motorsports. Well, Riley Herbst is kicking some ass the Xfinity Series, and he joins us in the second hour. More Freaks coming up. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. Network broadcasting from the Lucas Oil Studios, driven by General Tire. It's Speed Freaks Motorsports Radio redefined with Kenny Sargent. We love to party. Crash Gladys. What are we doing for the bachelorette party? And Stepman. I am serious. Here's the freaks. Second hour of the Freaks, again, a big second hour. Jimmy Johnson grabbed him a sixth spot in the IndyCar Series. He'll be here this hour. Statman with a special scat regarding Vic Elford. Don't know the name? Well, you will when you hang around to hear a special Statman scat uh, in regards to Vic Elford, who passed away recently. Also, Riley Herbst. Joining us here on the Freak Nation. If you've ever been to Las Vegas, you've seen terrible Herps. If you follow motorsports, you'll see the Herps name around from time to time. More synonymous with off-road racing. But Riley Herps, what is he, Crasher? Is he, is he 19? Oh, goodness. Okay, he's a young He's dude. young. Yeah, Riley Herps, uh, who's kicking some ass in the IndyCar series. No, He'll be joining NASCAR. us. I mean, NASCAR. NASCAR Xfinity. Thank you. Xfinity. They both begin with an I, but they really don't because Xfinity starts with the next, right? Oh, wow. Think Long weekend. Yep. Long weekend mm -hmm. Kenny has had from concerts to family baby showers to an all-day <laughs> race day today. It's been a long day. 
uh, Riley Herbst from the Xfinity Series here in the Freak Nation. Statman, uh, didn't bring this up in the first hour because I didn't want to ruin the show. Mm, but you're going to ruin the second hour, so go. Yeah, uh, well, how, how's that, how are your brownies doing this, this, uh, this weekend, buddy? <laughs> nice. My brownies? Yeah, your brownies. And I'm a Bengals guy uh, now. Dude. Oh. After uh, 115 years of cheering for the Browns, <laughs> I've become a Bengals fan. <laughs> after 115 years of cheering for the Browns. So how come you didn't stop cheering for them in many of the other things that have happened in the past? Why now? It's an accumulation. It's just the weight of carrying all of this insanity. <laughs> I was on the edge when they picked Baker Mayfield, but you know, I just, I just, I can't take it anymore. I can, I can score only so much. Deshaun did you in? All right, well, let's just leave it at that. Statman, okay. well, listen, we're about to lose him. Uh, <laughs> there, there are plenty of roofs over there that Statman has been eyeballing for uh, quite some time. <laughs> we don't want it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, the madness that is Formula One, uh, the cup race in Atlanta, the IndyCar series in Texas. Man, every time I watch an IndyCar race live, Statman, it reminds me, I mean, live, in person, it reminds me of the, uh, fear isn't the right word, and I can't think of the correct word, but when you hear a funny car or a top fueler light up, and then you're at the starting line and they take off you just can't explain it when i watch these indy cars 27 of them on texas motor speedway which is an incredible track for open wheel to begin with i just i have fear for these guys when i watch it live not necessarily when i'm on tv i mean watching them on tv but watching these guys live i just it's incredible of the the moments you're holding your breath Mm -hmm. for so much yeah, remember when we used to watch the IRL at Texas Motor Speedway? It was like a video game. Yes. They would yeah. switch lanes, and, and it was crazy to watch those cars. I mean, it's it's insane, the speed they have. And you keep going back to when Champ Car tried to race there and said, no, it's dangerous. And that now they're approaching those speeds again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are. Today, being on pit lane and hearing a couple of those wrecks happen, we hear because in pit lane you can't see anything unless you're looking at Big Hoss. Then you know you can see the race a little bit. Explain what Big Hoss. Big is. Hoss is what is it? Either the world's largest or the second largest big screen TV. <laughs> I, just, I just like that. You're up looking at Big Hoss. <laughs> in the pits, can't see the race unless I'm looking at Big Hoss. <laughs> yeah. But without looking at Big Hoss. You hear this boom, and it's it's like a ooh, it's just, it's an eerie. I'm just gonna say it. It's like an eerie bomb sound, and it just goes boom, 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 boom. It's just weird the reverberation in this place when indie cars hit the outside wall. I don't I don't like that feeling either. Mm-mm. And Elio, that was today. Yeah. Elio, Devlin, DeFrancesco, and oh, Graham Rahal. They were the three involved in that big wreck today. Yeah, uh, Freak Nation. All okay. One of the most popular drivers in all of motorsports, Jimmy Johnson, grabbed him a sixth spot. He's going to be joining us next. Also, Vic Elford. A salute to Vic Elford, sports car, Formula One, rally champion. Uh, Statman had a chance to catch up with him. Vic Elford, Jimmy Johnson, and more coming up. Speed Freaks Pits and the Lucas Oil Studios. 
Speed Freaks. We promise to suck less. Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio. Redefined. The Freaks. Bringing in another round of affiliates here in the Freak Nation. Joining Speed Freaks on a Sunday night from Lucas Oil Studios. Thank you guys for being a part of this big old thing. Crash Gladys Pit News and Notes coming up. But first, it's brought to you by Good Friends General Tire. How about a $70 Visa prepaid card? That's right, man. Buy four qualifying passenger tires from General Tire. You'll get up to 70 bucks back with a Visa prepaid card. Go to speedfreaks.tv, hit the GT logo, or go to generaltire.com to find out how you can save up to 70 bucks. Thanks to our friends at General Tire. Crasher? Okay, this was a huge weekend in racing. It was almost like racing Christmas, like the Sunday of Memorial Day weekend. Woo, see if we can get to that later. If I miss anything, go to racer.com and speedsport.com. So first up, the 12 hours of Sebring for the IMSA sports cars. Friday saw Alpine domination with Nicholas Lapierre, Matthew Volksaveri, and Andre Negreo behind the wheel in the Sebring 1000. Then Saturday, the big race was on. Several lead swaps throughout the day and into the night, but it was Earl Bamber who powered through in the final hour and a half, quite methodically, I might add, to the checkered flag for Chip Ganassi Racing with co-drivers Alex Lynn and Neil Johnny. For the full rundown and sets of, sets of winners on Saturday, hit IMSA.com. Supercross then finished off Saturday night in Indianapolis, and truth be told, no one has anything for Eli Tomac these days in the 450s. He came through the field this weekend, and to do so, he won, grabbing his fourth consecutive win on the Lucas or on the dirt at Lucas Oil Stadium. Also dominant these days, Jet Lawrence in the 250 East Division. He also took home another victory. Sunday started off with Formula One's return, the Bahrain Grand Prix. Remember how Michael Massey essentially handed the championship in 2021 to Max Verstappen? Yes, there's articles written on that. Check out ESPN from one released yesterday. Anyway, Massey wasn't there to rescue a whining Max Verstappen, nor an ailing Sergio Perez in this race. Charles Leclerc driving on to his first win of the year, of the first win of the year, followed up by teammate Carlos Sainz, and then, oh, hey there, Lewis Hamilton. Boom. IndyCar at Texas Motor Speedway was up next. Lucas Oil's Felix Rosenquist on the pole. But even with a lot of drama throughout the 375, this was Team Penske's Scott McLaughlin's race to lose. Unfortunately, he did just that. Joseph Newgarden took a chance, took advantage of traffic, and boom, swung out wide to take the win. Joseph Newgarden coming up in the Freak Nation, also on SpeedFreaks.tv. Okay, can NASCAR live up to this hype? Well, yes, the Cup drivers had a tough act to follow after Saturday's doubleheader with Corey Heim and then Ty Gibbs winning in double overtime, but... Boom, William Byron, even with a crash on the last lap. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. How about this, Freak Nation? No matter how big your car or truck is, nothing in your engine takes more abuse than it's oil. But with Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer, your engine oil will last longer to do the job it was designed to do. Protect your engine and offer peak performance. Lucas Oil Heavy Duty Stabilizer it eliminates dry starts, lowers engine temperatures, and prolongs the life of your oil up to 50%. Hey man, don't let your engine be caught dead without the protection and performance of Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer. That's right, keep that engine alive with Lucas Oil. Now you can get generic Viagra shipped to your door for about $2 a pill. Get the same impact for less. Call Steel Man Pills now and get the same blue pill for about $2 a pill. Call now for the 50-pill special and save even more. Plus, get a free bonus. 800-993-1327. 800-993-1327. That's 800-993-1327. 
Hey, Freak Nation, whether you're looking for a tire that balances high-performance responsiveness and traction in wet and light snow conditions, excellent handling and traction in off-road situations, or a summer performance tire designed with the driving enthusiast in mind, General Tire has you covered. From the G-Max RS to the Grabber ATX, no matter what you drive, General Tire will get you where you're going. Learn more at GeneralTire.com. General Tire, supporting the Freak Nation for two decades. It's called a tune-up in a bottle for good reason. One little bottle added to every tank of fuel is like a team of mechanics going to work. Lucas Fuel Treatment cleans and lubricates the entire fuel system. It increases power and fuel economy and burns excess exhaust emissions. Lucas Oil Fuel Treatment is the best and simplest way to get your vehicle to perform at its peak. Keep that engine alive with Lucas Oil. If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-756-8720. 800-756-8720. That's 800-756-8720. Hey, Freak Nation, if the grind, whine, and squeal of your vehicle's power steering makes you cringe every time you reach for the wheel, then grab Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak. That's Lucas's unique formula that fixes most worn rack and pinions, pumps, and gearbox boxes, making them perform like new. Using Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak, you'll find it eliminates squeals, seal leaks, and rough spots. And get this, it's 100% guaranteed, so there's no reason to use anything but Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak. Lucas Oil, it works. You're listening to Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. I think the last time we had Jimmy Johnson, the Freak Nation, I was still having difficulty spelling his damn name, man, whether it's a Y or an I-E. Regardless, it is a Jimmy with an I-E. And you know what's bonkers to me, Jimmy? We've been doing this for 22 years, but I've never seen so much crazy love for a dude that grabbed a top five <laughs> in an IndyCar race. I mean, nice guys don't finish last, and sometimes they don't finish first. They finish fifth. You've got so much love from the drivers, this track, the PR. It's bonkers, man. It's been a been a very cool experience. Right. Um, the the IndyCar paddock has been uh, been so welcoming, and um, I, I've I've had a lot of friends in this arena before ever coming over. Um, this was the original dream for me as a kid growing up was racing the IndyCar series and maintain a lot of friendships through the years. So I feel like I have a lot of old friends and some new friends, and and certainly um, it's a very respectful environment, and I'm very thankful for what everybody has said today. It was interesting, Jenna Fryer just asked you in the media center, do you regret not racing ovals last year? And you had to really think about it. It's like, we can't look back. we got to look forward. And you had fun today. And yeah. now this is your forward. Yeah, what, I guess my pause largely came due to the fact 
the question that was before that mm -hmm. about will the oval racing help my road course program? And if <laughs> I have a marked improvement on the road courses, um, then I'm going to really kick myself because, you know, w when you think about the corners, yes, the ovals are bigger and faster and longer radius turn, but you're on the edge and can really sense and feel what the car's capable of. And that's the problem I'm having on the road and street courses. They're mm -hmm. tiny little compact corners. The track's constantly changing. You only get 45 minutes of practice. The tires got to come up to temp before they ever work. Like and you get, I mean, honestly, you probably get six to eight quality laps before qualifying starts because you have warm-up laps on the tire. You have red flags, all this stuff going on. So anyway, it's been a long journey. And if the ovals really help me feel better in the car on the street and road courses, I'm going to wish that I did it. Other than that, no, I have no regrets. Um, this has been a great journey. Um, I, I honestly, we grew my friendship and relationship with Tony Canon, you know, a hundred times over being teammates and sharing the car oh, with you each other crazy. last year. Uh, so in the, in, you know, the team itself and, and all the learnings that I've had, um, I don't think I'll have any regrets. No, no, no regrets. <laughs> no regrets. But look at you. This was a really hard-fought race out there, and you climbing through the field was spectacular. Like we were just talking about, the fans were going nuts for you. You haven't dropped a, an inch of sweat. I'm, it wasn't as hard as I expected. <clears throat> the street road courses are, are very, very physical. Um, but this race, the, you know, summer's not here yet, so that was... Mm -hmm. That was helpful, but um, great day in the car. Felt good physically. Um, the grip strength required in these cars without power steering. I mean, I, I'm not going to be able to pick anything up tomorrow. I mean, I, I'm already having some forearm cramps from it, so that, that's a, a different animal than what I'm used to. <laughs> well, what's worse, having some wicked cramps in your knuckles the next day after an oval like this, or Detroit where you're just blistered up like crazy? Yeah, both are no fun. The blisters <laughs> are worse because it takes so much longer to recover from them. Yeah. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions that I'm, I know people have already asked you, but I just don't have the freaking answer. How much comparison in your cup car to this Indy car running here at Texas? Very little. I'd say <clears throat> there's probably a 10 to 20% crossover. Wow. Mm. And, and it's really the fami familiarity of the track and the line. Um, and at about midway through the race, I got used to this car on this track. And then I was able to open my mind up and think about a line that I've I found in the cup car through, through turns one and two and how to work the bumps in three and four, where to place the car in the air. Like things started to come to me. I felt like my experience really showed up. Or I was able to utilize and use my experience about halfway through the race today. And has anyone shared with you that this is going to be a great jumping off point for Indy or like, Jimmy, don't. Forget everything you learned at this track, because this isn't the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Yeah, it, it is far different, but I, I think the race craft and the way you use your tools in the race car mm -hmm. here does apply. Um, and in qualifying, we didn't get to make the mock qualifying run that we wanted to, so I didn't get to use all the tools that I needed to in qualifying, and we ended up 18th. Um, you know, I'll have more time, and I'll be able to work through that experience and utilize that in Indy coming up. So, uh, you know... It, it's amazing how little time you have to learn and grow in these cars. And there are so many tools. It's, it's unbelievable how much you can really adjust the car during the course of a, a run. Did Chip set a, a bar for you at this race? Personal. No. So rolling into his freaking meeting room with a five spot at chess is going to be, hey, Chip, <laughs> Told me it felt like a win on pit lane, so Whoa. I'll take that. Yeah. <clears throat> and you, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it's not a win. Um, but it, it feels. There's that competitor. There's <laughs> it that feels really good. 
It really feels good and satisfying. And I heard you ask your daughters before you really got into pit lane. Uh, you guys were doing, no, maybe it wasn't pit lane. You were doing part of your documentary and for Carvana. And you said, okay, where do you guys think I'm going to finish today? And one of your daughters had a finger up. And I didn't hear what they said, though. What, did they, what were their predictions? Um, one wanted me to win, and the other just wanted me to have fun. That's, and was that Lydia? That was Lydia. Yeah, yeah. she's great. Yeah, they're she's both great. They're both, yeah. <laughs> Lydia's unfiltered, uh, much more Johnson. And then um, my oldest, Evie, is much like your mom, much more on the Janway conservative side. <laughs> you wouldn't want it any other way. And, no. speak, and speaking of, uh, you probably haven't really heard a word we said. You still haven't seen your wife since? Yeah, let's let him go. Have you? No, I haven't. Not since the race has been over. Oh. And she was just calling before we started the interview. She's like, where are you? <laughs> Honey, just because we work together doesn't mean everybody else has the same well, relationship. Listen, every time you roll in, it's awesome. Yes. It is awesome. Thank Congratulations you. on this. This is badass. It is. You know? It feels so good. <laughs> Done to it does. And I appreciate your, your support. It's hard to believe 22 years. And yeah. I think I've, I've been on your show for at least 20 of the 22. Oh, yeah. So, super cool. I think the first time we met was in a limousine yes. after. And the Bush. At the Bush. Uh-huh. Banquet. Banquet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In, uh, in Hollywood. LA. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. That was a rough night. <laughs> Well, it was remember. Jeff Green's uh, championship yes, party. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Who else I met that night? That's still a great friend of mine. Is Marty Smith from ESPN? Oh, oh no he was, way! He was out that night. But he was was he doing like with TNT or now? I thought it was NASCAR.com at the time, and we all went to bed so late. (laughs) Right. And I had an early morning interview that my team owners at the time were really impressed that I do this important interview. Right. And I got up and went to the interview early in the morning in Terrell. And I went room, and Marty and I made eye contact. He would come to uh, Crane, Wisconsin, and a lot of the big off-road truck races back in the day. Yeah. That's so bad. Small world. Let's get you back in an off-road truck. But that's for later. You need to go see your wife. I'm supposed to be doing that now, but now I'm IndyCar racing. So (laughs) it'll come. (laughs) Jimmy, thanks for doing this, man. All right. Let's get the hell out of here, man. Jimmy's got to go see his dang wife. Incredible. Jimmy Johnson. And Crasher, I mentioned it in the interview. It's the love that the public, the media, marketing, PR people have for this guy. He's not... He's you not, didn't mention the fans that were screaming for him today outside Texas Motor Speedway. You did just, in the interview. Or yeah, yeah, it's just everybody loves him some Jimmy Johnson. Yeah. Uh, anytime, okay, almost anytime we've asked him to come to the Freak Nation, he's been here. And you just, you admire a cat like that where arguably the greatest NASCAR Cup driver ever, if you're going to measure it with race wins and championships. That's Jimmy Johnson. It goes out. Didn't win the race. Didn't get a top five. Like I said in the interview, it was actually uh, sixth. Six. No big deal. But it's as if he won the Indy freaking 500. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, though. Yeah. All sports need something like that. So, yeah, Jimmy Johnson here in the Freak Nation could be happier for him. And, yeah, that, that, was, that, was, that was truth, man. He came in here before he went and saw his beautiful wife and family after the race. Well, he came in here and she called him on the cell phone <laughs> and he's like, one more interview. <laughs> it's like, yeah. oops, yeah, that'd be us. Sorry. That's the freaks. We, that's, eh, just, sorry. that's just things that we, we do. We like to do. Freak Nation, his name is Vic Elford. If you're not familiar with that name, uh, stick around for this. Statman has a special scat. About three, three and a half minutes of Vic Elford rally sports car. Formula One. He passed away recently. You'll dig this insight coming up next from Statman and a Statman scat regarding Vic Elford from Lucas Oil Studios. Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio. Redefined.
two words does Kenny Sargent drop on Danica Patrick? Stink fist. What did I hear, Danica? Tool. Hi-oh! Now, some advice from Dale Jr. Sergeant, stay away from that 16-ounce can of dumbass, will you? Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio. Redefined. Vic Elford was one of the best, most versatile drivers in history. He was the 1967 European Rally Champion, but in 1968, he had maybe the best week ever in racing. Winning the Monte Carlo Rally January 28th, and a week later, he won the Daytona 24 hours. Later in 68, he made up 18 minutes to win the Targa Florio in Sicily. He helped Porsche develop the 917, one of the very few drivers to tame that beast at 240 miles an hour. But Alfred is dead now, a beast he couldn't tame, cancer, took him last Sunday. I talked with Vic Alfred in December of 2010. It was a conversation that could have lasted all day instead of about an hour. Among the things we discussed was the state of current racing machinery. He said the cars are much safer now, but are they better? Absolutely. On, on the other hand, the cars were so good in terms of their technical development and their drivability uh, that incredibly they were actually very safe because we simply didn't have accidents in them. Uh, <laughs> That's one but, way to avoid it. Yeah, but although we were driving them to, our, to their limits, you know, the, the cars were just so good. They didn't let us get near accidents. Uh, on the other hand, modern cars uh, in the last 10 or 15 years, as you said, rate, current racing cars are so, so good and so safe that I think they actually detract a little from the ability of the drivers driving them because I think younger drivers coming up today, in no matter what formula, it really doesn't matter, they feel they're bulletproof because the cars are so safe, it's almost impossible to kill yourself in one. Alfred drove for Porsche five years. He was the first to lap Le Mans at 150 miles per hour. That was in a long tail Porsche 917. Did he think the drivers or fans are missing out today because drivers specialize and don't drive a lot of different cars? Oh, I think so, yeah. I think I think the, the drivers do. I think the fans do, too. So, you know, one, of, one of my good friends over here, um, although he comes from Britain, too, is Dario Franchitti. Mm. Uh, and, and uh, you know, often we've been together and he's, and he's looked at film or something from 917s and said, you know, you must have been absolutely out of your mind driving, <laughs> driving those things. <laughs> but, but, but then I sometimes think he is as well, driving an Indy. Alfred tamed the 917, but did he get a chance to drive the 962, maybe the most elegant beast ever in racing? No, I didn't. Unfortunately, I'd already retired before they came on the scene, but I certainly would have, have liked it. I, I guess this is true probably of any retired driver, a next generation of cars comes along and we all think, oh boy, I would love to have been driving that. Yeah. Right. As, as I said earlier with the, you know, with the rally cars, I would love to have driven the C4 Citroen. Porsche called him Quick Vic, Vic Elfrid, maybe the best all around driver ever, dead at 86. May he rest in peace. Statman, you read all the bios on Vic Elford, and you see the series that he he ran, and you listen to the piece of your scat. 
you just got the feeling that you put this guy on anything. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not comparing Vic Elford to Kyle Larson, okay? But I'm talking about a guy that's known for what sports cars, Formula One, rally, and, and really anything else you put the guy in. Uh, do you see with Kyle Larson and these other drivers that we're finally going to be able to get back to those AJ Foyt days or Mario Andretti days or Vic Elford days if these guys can run in all these different series and get away with it? No, uh, but it is a uh, what do you call it? There are there are generational drivers. Vic Elford was one of those. Sebastian Loeb is another one. Colin McRae is another one. And a lot of these guys are they come from rallying, where you are used to working on a an environment that is dirt or loose, like Kyle Larson. Right. And when you get on a pavement, then it is you know you're easy to feel the uh, car going sideways or getting out from under you. You feel it quicker than uh, other people do. Uh, so and I don't think it's common by any stretch, but there are people that that come along and change the definition of a driver. Mario Andretti was another one. A.J. Foyt was another one. But the but common he, thread, I, hold on, I'm cutting you off for a reason. The common thread here is dirt. Having that dirt, because yes. Mario, A.J., yeah. all these guys, the good guys, well, they hone their skills on a harder compound than asphalt. Yeah, no, that you're absolutely right, Crash. And a lot of it will admit there was a guy named Joe Leonard years ago who raced USAC uh, when USAC handled IndyCar. And he was a motorcycle guy, and he w- had success in open-wheel racing. So, yes, there are that that is the common denominator, dirt. And uh, a lot of people will say that that was what gets them ready for handling a car in all kinds of situations. I'm just going to throw some more names out there because of the dirt connection, just for some people now to really, really relate to it. Tony Stewart, there's another one. Jeff Gordon, there's another one. Jimmy Johnson, there's another one. It's it's fascinating. <laughs> it's, but it didn't, it didn't work with Ricky Carbicle or Jeremy McGrath. Mm-hmm. They were champions at uh, dirt and supercross and motorcycles. Uh, Travis Pastrana, you might you might say he hasn't he hasn't had a lot of success in rallying. But he hasn't had a lot of success, didn't have a lot of success in pavement racing in NASCAR in particular. Hmm. So, yes, it, it doesn't, it's not everybody who comes along as a champion at one is not necessarily going to be a champion at the other. Tell me this, Statman. Again, if you missed the Statman scat, it's a special long version that he uh, dedicated to Vic Elford, who recently passed away. Why, why did I have to look up Vic Elford? and his racing information when you mentioned that you were going to do a bit on him versus the the other old old timers that i that were significant in racing that i i knew something about them but vic elford i just i vaguely knew the name why is that because he did a lot of things it wasn't like he became an overwhelming champion mm-hmm. one he did a lot of stuff and uh, you might say it was when rallying wasn't as big around the world. I don't think the World Rally Championship hadn't been uh, uh, established yet. It was the European Rally Championship. He raced as a Porsche factory driver. Sports car racing wasn't globally known, uh, in particular here in the United States. The United States has been out of the a lot in a lot of racing. Uh, it doesn't uh, sta- it doesn't adhere to the FIA standards 
So it uh, has been on its own. It's been out on its own limb until the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's very easy to ignore people in America if they're not American, if they're not NASCAR or uh, IndyCar or Champ Car or Trans Am or names that are familiar to us. How much of it do you think is because he doesn't have a big marquee win? Like he doesn't have a, a Daytona 500 or Indy 500. I mean, that would have changed things, huh? That may be, but he had the most incredible uh, year in 1968, a long time ago. And a lot of people that were born in the last 30 years think that history started when they came on the scene. But he had the most incredible, uh, the most incredible week ever in history. He won the Monte Carlo rally uh, the last weekend in January. And the next weekend he was in Daytona winning the Daytona 24 hour for uh, Porsche. It was their first win in the Daytona 24 hour before it was the Rolex. Later that year, hmm. he ran in Targa Florio, which was uh, 14 mile laps around street road highways in, in Sicily. And he was 18 minutes behind at one time Jeez. and made up all of that time to win. So, he, yeah, he, but these wins didn't happen in Indianapolis or Daytona or Sebring or places here in the United States. Lamar. Yeah. Yeah, Lamar, places. But he helped develop the 917 Porsche, which was a beast of a car, uh, 240 miles an hour on the Mulsan Strait at, at uh, uh he was the first one at Le Mans to average 150 plus on uh, on a lap. Oh. Uh, <laughs> the oh. man was incredible. Uh, you know, 240 miles an hour in a in a four wheels on a road. Uh, that's that's crazy. Freak Nation. His name is Riley Herbst. He is the gosh, either the grandson or the great grandson of the the OG of the Herbst family back in the day where uh, I think of the Gons, the Herbst, mm -hmm. and a few others that helped put not just Las Vegas motorsports, but off-road on the map. Riley Herbst is running the, in the Xfinity Series. We caught up with him earlier. Uh, he'll be joining us coming up in the Freak Nation. But just a young, funny guy. And, and I, I started the interview off with him where I'm in the pits at the trough, Okay. Bathroom. And he walks up next to me. I know exactly who he was. He didn't look at me. I saw him. And I, I just for S's and giggles, I was just going to say something, but I didn't. Just knowing the stories that we've had, whether it was Ray Everham back in the day telling us about how he walked in the bathroom and these fans are asking him for his freaking autograph. So we, uh, I'll kick that off with the Riley Herbst coming up next. Speed Freaks Pits and the Lucas Oil Studios. Evil Knievel Unleashed. This is the number one badass in America. Evil Knievel. Unafraid. I don't really care too much for George. Attitude's being kind of a Unfiltered. There were 500 whores working on one square block, and my grandpa had a tire shop right in the middle of all of them. Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio. Redefined. Engine is one of the most important components of your vehicle. When improperly maintained, you can experience mechanical wear, poor fuel economy, or even a breakdown. Lucas High Performance Motor Oils are proven to lower oil temperatures for longer oil life, reduce metal fatigue, and keep engines clean and free of deposits much longer. 
They protect against oil foaming, slow oil burning, and raise oil pressure in worn engines. For more information, visit lucasoil.com. Lucas Oil. Keep that engine alive. General Tire offers a wide variety of options that will stand against whatever life brings your way. Whatever you drive, truck, car, or SUV, General Tire has long-lasting, all-season Altimax RT43 to the aggressive all-terrain grabber ATX. General Tire covers on-road performance, off-road capability, and durability. General Tire delivers for whatever you do. For more information, drive over to GeneralTire.com. General Tire, getting speed freaks where we've needed to be since 2001 hey i'm kyle bush the biggest racing weekend ever at worldwide technology raceway is coming june 3rd through the 5th the party starts thursday with the nascar fan fest and hauler parade at ballpark village cup practice and truck qualifying on friday cup qualifying and the toyota 200 on saturday and it all wraps up on sunday with the enjoy illinois 300 this is the first time in a lifetime to see the nascar cup series at worldwide technology raceway go to worldwidetechnologyraceway.com to get your tickets now brought to you in part by the illinois office of tourism and illinois south tourism hey freak nation did you hear with the addition of mav tv plus to the mav tv motorsports network they've got their full live event broadcast schedule a total of 226 live race broadcasts featuring the arca menard series the lucas oil late model dirt series pro pulling league american sprint car series pro motocross and the lucas oil chili bowl nationals mav tv the only television network dedicated to motorsports go to MavTV.com to get your motorsports fixed 24 7 365 <laughs> There is less than one hundredth of an inch of motor oil protecting your car's engine. Friction and heat causes engine oil to experience thermal breakdown, weakening its ability to protect the engine and its parts. Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer is specially formulated to resist thermal breakdown, protect vital engine parts, and extend the life of your engine. It also stops smoking, knocking, and oil consumption in worn engines. Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer. Keep that engine alive. Hey, Freak Nation, our friends at General Tire are back at it, and they want to give you up to $70 on a Visa prepaid card just for purchasing four passenger tires on General Tire from now through April 30th. That's $70, guys. Spring is here. So show off your new tires, your new Generals at the picnic, park, dirt. You know where to get them. It's that easy. Guys, for more information, just check out General Tire. General Tire delivers for whatever life brings your way. And yes, General Tire is the official tire of Speed Freaks. You're listening to Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio Redefined. Riley Herbst finished in the four spot yesterday in the Xfinity Series race. He joins us now here in the Freak Nation. Of course, I kick it off. About two dudes hanging out in the bathroom here in the Lucas Oil Studio. Have you had that position yet when you're in the bathroom and there's a fan there saying, Riley, can I get your autograph? Yeah. Um, oh. At, uh, it was Talladega, I think. So it's kind of awkward. And I'm like, yeah, I guess you can. But we could wait 30 <laughs> seconds and be way less awkward. But I don't know. I just, yeah, I don't really speak to many people. Well, what do you say? Do you say, bro, can I wash my hands first or can I? <laughs> Finish? Can I shake it off? What well, do you... I mean, it's up to them. If they'll let me wash my hands, I'd rather. But 
Yeah. Wow. I don't know. We've, we, whether it's Mario and maybe maybe Tony Stewart, there's been a number of drivers we ask them that question, and there's just really some strange instances in the bathroom. Who was it? Let's, let's go. Let's give some background. It started with Ray Evernham in, I think, 2002. It was in Las Vegas, and uh, yes, he was approached, and he was so mad. It was right before he came to our interview, mm. and he was so mad. He's like, <laughs> don't these people understand that I'm just a normal person, and I just have to go to the bathroom? Yeah, yeah. I don't. Hey, hey, whatever. It is what it is. It's part of it. (laughs) This is like a golden conversation. It's it's okay. It's people got to go to the bathroom. But that see that's where we come from. We've been doing speed freaks for almost twenty two years. The freedom that drivers have now, Riley, is much different than fifteen years ago, where it was just so marginalized and you had you couldn't step over the bounds. Now you could talk about going to the bathroom. You can have somebody dancing crazy on Twitter. It, life's changed over the last decade and a half. Thank goodness for guys like yourself. Yeah, I think that's a, a good way to put it for sure. I think the media thing, the, the new digital wave kind of did more to that for the drivers. But, um, yeah, things are a lot different than 20 years ago. <laughs> but you've also got a sponsor, and you guys have been with Monster for a very long time, that encourages that. They want your personality out there. Yeah, okay, you drive a race car. Who are you, though? Who are you behind the wheel? Don't they encourage that Yeah, with you? exactly. Monster is uh, a little bit on the edgier side of sponsors, and um, they don't care. Obviously, they sponsored uh, Kurt Busch, and Kurt Busch lets people know how he feels, and they encourage <laughs> that. So um, they want you to be who you are, and that's all about the brand. What's one of the most incredible things you've been able to do with Monster? Whether it's a trip around the world, or is, is it Supercross? Is it Snowcross? What, what's something crazy you've done with them? I would probably say Supercross, but just being a part of the company, I would say, yeah. and being made feel as a family is honestly the coolest thing that I could ever ask for and um, ever want from a sponsor like Monster Energy. It's, it's just so cool to be acknowledged with that brand, and people know Riley Herbst, and they know the black number 98 with the green claw on the hood. So I, I really, really appreciate that, and I love it. It's so weird for me to think that we're sitting here with a Herps, with Riley Herps in the studio, and the Mint 400 is going off in Las Vegas this weekend. We're at Phoenix Raceway for NASCAR. Is that kind of odd to you? I mean, I still think Herps and the, the off-road background, you chose a different path in your family, but do you still have kind of off-road routes that go off? Yeah, it used to be weird, uh, honestly more weird for me, but now it's kind of like this is what I do and that's what yeah. they do. But, um, yeah, I do have my cousin competing in the Mint 400, so hopefully uh, we both can have pretty strong runs today and um, have a pretty good day for the Herbst family. Does good. he have the claw as well? Uh, he does have the claw. It's a, lot, a little bit smaller of a claw, but um, it's more of a red trophy truck. So, <laughs> yeah, terrible Herbst on the side. Hey, here's one for you. Riley Herbst here in the Freak Nation, uh, Xfinity Series pilot joining us. This is how strange social media goes for me because it, it's happening. <laughs> where would you rather have Kim Kardashian numbers in Twitter and Instagram followers or – now think about this, or win the Daytona 500. Win the Daytona 500. Okay, damn it! But I mean, to your, it's different, obviously. I mean, from a business standpoint, you'd yeah. way rather have Kim Kardashian's social media numbers. <laughs> you can make a lot of money off those numbers. But as a race car driver, I'd way rather have the Daytona 500 win. Would you rather have the Daytona 500? Like, who's your favorite band? Oh, I don't know. Um, what? Like, would you, you rather play guitar on stage in front of screaming fans at Wembley Stadium in London, or would you rather win 
one of the world's biggest races, the Daytona 500. The Daytona 500. So Crash. still, not even, you don't want to be a rock star. You just want to be a race car driver. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the epitome of our sport is to win the Daytona 500. <laughs> exactly. like, that's, what everybody, exactly. that's what everybody dreams of as a kid. So yeah, that's probably going to be the answer for probably 95%, yeah. 99% of the thing. What would the 1% be? I don't know. You haven't, I, nothing we haven't on my mind. Yet. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing to be like, oh, you know what? I'd rather have the other. But uh, a good betting man would probably say the Daytona 500. Hey, with the Herbst name, the Herbst family so synonymous with motorsports, specifically off-road, who's the who's the patriarch that all the Herbsts go to at this? I don't want to say go to like it's the Godfather, but is there <laughs> is, is there still a, is there a central Herbst out there that all of you guys consult with now? I don't I don't know for racing. You mean just, yeah, racing or just life, man? Just, just life. life. I'd probably say like um, our dads. Mine, me and my cousins. We talk to our dads quite often. But when it comes to racing, we all just um, I don't know. Just talk about off road racing like any other family does or fans. <laughs> We're kind of fans of the sport, any sport. So um, yeah, we just like to watch and enjoy the motorsport action. Well, the reason I bring that up is because you're you're very humble. So's Brendan yeah. gone, but the the. The influence that the Herps family, the Gone family, has meant to Las Vegas and, and, and spanning from there lost on you. That's why it's, it's fun to kind of get behind the scenes of guys like the Gons or the Herps to, to really find out how this thing is run because it is, it, it's important and was important to Las Vegas. Yeah, I think the biggest thing on that aspect is um, what our grandfather instilled in us as growing up is that hard work pays off. Mm. And um, he was the vital resource and um, the definition of that. So we always looked to him, and um, if you wanted something, you could work for it, and anything was achievable. And uh, that's what we kind of, I at least for myself, carry on into racing and working hard and uh, trying to go win some races. So you have a spin out on the racetrack, yet obviously anything's still possible. Who's talking to you in your head to get you back motivated to finish this race and, and go for the front again? At this point, uh, my spotter probably, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, um, just focusing on business. Hopefully we're not in that scenario. Um, but yeah, I'd probably just be my spotter. Nobody in the family comes to mind that no, would be like, there's no Obi Wan Kenobi stuff. No, just on a racetrack. <laughs> in in my line of business, which is radio and TV, or two phone calls that I don't want to get because I sucked or I did something wrong. After a race, is there one phone call or a text that's like, oh God, so and so just text me, cracking on me? Is there someone that you don't like to hear from after a race? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I, I would say we didn't have the best qualifying effort, and I looked down after I got out of the car, and it was my dad, and he just sent me a question mark, and so I was like, oh, um, I guess that would be the best example I have. But other than that, I mean, I say that, but he's very, very supportive. He's honestly at that point was just curious, um, and I was, I was curious as well. <laughs> Question mark. No, yeah. you want the question mark. You don't want the WTFs. No. I mean, either one is not good. So, <laughs> <laughs> can you have you been coached well enough, or are you old enough to understand to put that? Let's, let's be honest. You got crappy qualifying behind you before you get in that car because, bro, it's a long race. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's called racing for a reason. Can you put it behind you, or will you carry that until you work your way up into the top ten? 50 laps into it. I think it's huge that it has, I have to put it behind me. Uh, just because, like you said, it is a long race. And so you have to focus on um, a challenge and attack the things in front of you. And um, there's no really sense to worry about qualifying.
over with. We mm -hmm. got what we got, so uh, now we got to move forward. And I think, honestly, uh, that's huge in racing. You can't really focus or relish on the past that by any means. Are you kind of a fan of the way things have morphed in motorsports since COVID kind of took over the world in that you don't have as much practice time? You, you just have to basically have the right setup and get out there and go and get it done? No, I mean, I'm grateful that we do get the 20 minutes from NASCAR, but um, selfishly, I would love to go back to the old weekends where we practice yeah. twice on Friday, come on Saturday morning, qualify and race. I think that would help me as a younger driver for sure, but it is what we it is now, and everybody's on the same page. Having said that, though, there were drivers in the that have sometimes over things, over thing. It's, there's not that aspect. Yeah, I mean, I guess I would. I never really fell into that category. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I can see how that definitely affected some. Yeah. Now, like you said, everybody's the same now. Yeah, so. I mean, it's what it is. Same playing yeah. field. I, I, I'm hearing some influences from the guy that's also in this room, Mike Arning, who we've known for many, many years, where the guy likes to drop a lot of metaphors and a lot of comparisons to things that make sense, catching bass or chopping wood and... <laughs> Where are you going with this, Kenny? Well, I'm going with it. Do you listen to guys like that when they're now? Listen, Riley. Now you approach the car like this. It's it's like a a china doll. Now going around turn three. What? When I was, <laughs> do you get stories like that from old? Like there is. Um, but I do listen to everybody because there's a reason why somebody is telling me that. It is, that is an odd story. I wouldn't say anything is ever compared to a china doll. Exactly. But yeah, I mean, I feel like you could take something away from everything. Honestly. Well, okay, well, let me, let me use this metaphor. Okay, you're chopping wood, and there's one point where you chop enough wood that you can start a big fire versus some kindling over here. That's not what he said now, earlier, but okay. We don't have 20 <laughs> minutes, man. I had to sit there and listen to Arnie for 20 minutes talk stories about chopping wood, and I felt, damn, man, I'm here with my dad. No, what I, are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I've never really experienced any stories like that. But. Well, they're <laughs> coming, brother. All right. They, they're coming. I'll be waiting. Wait, man. They're, they're coming, man. <laughs> Well, I, I, again, um, I don't know where you're going. Well, uh, listen, we could. You want to talk? Listen. That, no, I don't want to talk technicalities no, with the race that. car. We want to know who he no, is. No, hell no, man. We're having yeah, fun. Of course. How did, how <laughs> Always did, a good time. How did uh, terrible come about? Uh, that was my great grandfather. Um, that was just his nickname uh, when he first started his company. So, <laughs> oh. terrible herbs. Uh, yeah. So that's kind of it's stuck. I don't. I really, honestly, in business school, that's probably not what you call your company is terrible, but it's worked all well for them, so they're going to stick to it. But yeah. hold on, hold on, though. Let's go back to, like, you just talk about old guys and their stories. I mean, the old way of doing things versus the new way of doing things. Terrible is catchy, and it doesn't necessarily have a negative connotation. It's just like, oh, I want to be a part of that company. Who calls them themselves terrible? I, it's kind of a cool thing. Yeah, I mean, that's what it's kind of morphed into yeah. now, and people associate, associate it with it good being good, so that's good, but... Um, when I first, when people be like, oh, why'd you name your company Terrible? I'd be like, first off, it's not my company. Second off, I didn't have a choice of what to name it. Uh, it's just, I grew up and that was the gas station around town. It's Terrible Herbs. And like, I don't, I feel like that there could be like Good Herbs. It'd be better if it was Good Herbs or something. No, I mean, positive. But, but it's Las Vegas. It's not, you know, Sonoma. I mean, Las Vegas is a hard town. So <laughs> Terrible goes well with it. A little, I mean, a little bit. It's it's really, exactly. Let's not change the wheel. No, the wheel's no. round and it's rolling, so we're going to keep going. But when it started out, I feel like we could have had a better name. Have you ever rolled into one of those terrible, terrible Herps gas stations and kind of pumped your chest up saying, that's me? Never. Oh, come on. Look who we're talking to, Kenny. No. <laughs> no. You just mentioned how humble he was, and now you're asking him if he pumps his chest out. Come on. No. <laughs> you don't walk in there like with a Herps 
credit card or a discount card saying I'm, I'm I get Riley. this for free. No, because um, I feel like at that point that you get more questions. And like <laughs> I'm a guy who gets from A to B. Like yeah. put my soda, Monster Energy on the counter. Got it. Get out, pay for it. Let's roll. Next uh, one. And the perfect way to end it, kind of like you were in the bathroom. You didn't look up. You just bump up to got the hell out of there. Got to guess. Always got to be somewhere. <laughs> Thank Thanks, you, bro. Thanks, guys. What to tell you, Freak Nation? Riley Herbst here with the Freaks. Young man that's uh, he's, with that type of attitude, you want him to win because we want him in the Freak Nation more often. Hey, one thing, we just spent an hour and 45 minutes and the only thing that we mentioned about Sebring was oh, Crasher's pit news and notes. That's a travesty. <laughs> well, to be honest, we didn't talk much NASCAR Cup at Atlanta either. So there is that. This was a packed weekend. That's yeah. the bottom line. Supercross in Indianapolis. And I almost said Jet Lawrence. Well, Jet Lawrence won the 250s, but Eli Tomac winning again. Now four consecutive wins. I mean, there was a lot of good stuff that happened this weekend. Statman, Eli Tomac. With that win last night in Indianapolis, Lucas Oil Stadium, is now fifth. Oh, fifth yeah, that's right. All time in 450 wins. <laughs> yeah, let that sink yeah, in. There's only four people in front of him, including Ricky and Jeremy and mm-hmm. and James. And uh, wow. Yeah, who who wow. are the top four? I knew you were going to ask me that. Uh, don't ask me that. But hold on, it's definitely Ricky and Jeremy are in there. Mm-hmm. What about Ricky Johnson? The Ricky we were talking about was Ricky Carmichael. Would Ricky Johnson be up there? No. Would Marty uh, Smith be up there? No. Okay, so no, no, no. It's not. It's not any of the old timers. Uh, I believe Ryan Villapoto is oh, one. Villapoto, yep. And Ricky uh, Carmichael, Jeremy McGrath, Ryan Villapoto, and that that fourth one could be either Reed or Stewart or. Oof. I don't think it's Reed because Reed had the temerity to come along when. Ricky and Stewart. Right, right. All right, so this is this is how it goes. It looks like, yeah, Jeremy McGrath, James Stewart, Ooh, Ricky Carmichael, and with that 45th win, he knocked out Chad Reed. So okay. Ch- Chad Reed's number six, and Skippy is now at the number five. Incredible. <laughs> Incredible. You know, how, how we like to have fun with – Young writers from time to time, I always throw the uh, McGrath, Carmichael, or James Stewart in there. I'm going to start throwing in, hey, Eli Tomac. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> wow. Man. Those were the great days, going to the Anaheim one and sitting up there and cheering. Those those were good days. Yes. I loved that. I loved that. Especially when Brian Herta came up to me and showed me his bald head from losing the head. That was that was the greatest. <laughs> There's that picture of all of us in our snappy Speed Freaks leather jackets that we cherish. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, my gosh. Vern Troyer. Vern Troyer, yep. Vern Troyer standing on a trash can. <laughs> Going out on the, uh, the Anaheim Stadium in the yep. Cadillac, and uh, old Statman was enjoying the the view until the guy sit, turned around and asked me a question after he promised me he wouldn't. And I what? <laughs> on I the no mic. Idea. To this moment, I have no idea what he asked me. And I just started talking. Because it's echoing through the whole stadium. Yeah, yeah we didn't have the earpieces, so you're – 
you're hearing your delay three or four seconds. And, <laughs> I am that is so hard. I'm, I'm enjoying 50,000 people screaming and watching myself on the big screen. And all of a sudden I hear, and Statman, what are you? I'm like, huh? <laughs> I wish there was copy of that. I'd love to see it. Yeah, and I, you know, I would too, because I have no idea what I said <laughs> or what I look like saying it. You know, that man, as we've been She's doing sleeping, for by the way, <laughs> for almost twenty-two years, shoot the juice to the moose, and that man, cut it loose. Speed freaks, motorsports radio redefined.